focus. Crisscross. Ah, had a crisscross. Crisscross one. Crisscross two. Crisscross three. Crisscross. Messed up. One. Ah, damn it. Damn it. One. Ah, damn it. Am I gonna give up? I might. Got three. That was the best I could do. One. Two. Damn it. I should call it the one, two, damn it podcast. One. My feet clipped it. I got it, but it was a failure from the start. Break time. I don't really respond well to gamification. I guess I'm making a game for myself right now. I'm not going to leave until I get five. But gamification is a weird one. I think gamification gets people injured. If I don't have an enemy, I should just come back tomorrow. One, two, three. Double under. Two, three, four, five. Got it. God damn it. Got it. My name is Scott Cartwright, and this is Tempor Footnotes. I'm Janeline Baitsamare Cartwright. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that supercut of crossover jump rope failures. I was trying to do five in a row and finally got there. I was about to quit. Uh, I was getting really tired. Anyway. On this episode, I wanted to mainly check in and let everybody know how I was headed, how I was doing um, so far in 2021, sort of uh, into January update. I also kind of wanted to triple dip a little bit here. I wanted to check, I wanted to test out uh, a new a record, new recording setup. Um, listen to how it sounded, like how to install everything, how to set everything up. I also wanted to give my advanced digital storytelling course uh, there audio only storytelling assignment, you know, audio only, no visual stimuli uh, to continue a story and thought that this would be a good opportunity to talk about a few topics and some kind of work out what was in my headspace uh, this week. So I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. For a split second, I kind of want you to close your eyes for a second and listen. That's right, I'm outside. So this assignment, assignment two, is going to be geared around the complete inverse of assignment one, which is assignment one, as you know, you were making an, you were making a story with digital video editing software, you know, shooting on your camera, telling stories in visual beats, and not relying on dialogue to tell that story, right? So, the inverse is happening right now. You don't have visual stimuli. All you have is the sounds around you right now. And I feel like that this is a hard space to enter into because of the stimuli. All of our stimuli on a basis is visual, right? You know, and this right here is background. 
And it's interesting because it's almost because it's background, it might be something that you are not in tuned with in terms of listening through it, layering it, understanding that it does have meaning. It does have storytelling, drastic storytelling potential. Um, and it also gets you, this right here gets you inside of the viewer's headspace because more than likely you are listening to this with headphones. And I'm not really worried right now in terms of... The only thing that I'd be worried about right now in terms of this setup where I'm at right now is that you don't hear wind rumble, which I have handled. So, again, if a person walks by, if a car goes by, if an air conditioner kicks on, you're going to hear all that. And, you know, that's kind of where we are right now with this assignment. So what I'm going to end up having you do is I'm going to team you up with one or two other people and you are going to develop a story and then you are going to re work remotely with one another via Slack or video meetup uh, to be able to craft and tell whatever story that you want to. I'm going to give you some resources to, to listen through in terms of how you're going to go about this, but the process is going to be very much in the same way. Think about the fact that right now I have an idea in my head of how I want to convey this information to you it's in my head. I'm not really scripting it out. I just thought of it. And then this idea here will inform future ideas of how I could end up scripting this moving forward. So, you know, it's sort of like how I've been kind of talking about it the last couple of weeks, making, making plans. But when the production of it happens, these are merely heuristics. So if you need to go out and record something and listen back through it, edit it to get an idea for something, that is a perfectly valid way to kind of go through and start structuring your storytelling process, right? You know, we could end up, we can end up writing beat cards. You can use software like Miro or Mural uh, to be able to uh, work, with, work with people in terms of organizing your thoughts. This is a really good microphone. It is so windy outside and you don't hear any rumble at all. That's amazing. Anyway, so my idea for this right now, and I'm just testing something out right now, is I'm going through um, my agency. Um, my wife and I are basically pushing our agency forward at this point in terms of um, work. You know, the pandemic basically took away her job and we've always had an agency and we've worked on freelance projects on side hustle basis. So it's been kind of being, being built up over years, so to speak. So years of experience in different fields, different projects kind of inform one another and then all of a sudden you know I'm kind of working with somebody that I haven't I haven't talked to in a few years I've known him for about 10 years and he ended up introducing me and bringing me on on this drastic drastic new project with a new team new group of people that are working remotely and developing some really awesome UX design projects um, in and around uh, the ag industry which is pretty amazing um, I'm a little nervous right now <laughs> to say the least you know uh, my head is like around in a, diff a lot of different locations right now. So between what I was going to do for this class, what I was going to do, you know, to be able to communicate an idea to you, along with I have to communicate my ideas to this person in a format with, you know, retainer contracts and things like that. And I'm like, okay, am I leaving myself open for something down the road? So on one level, I kind of started thinking about it, how this anxiety that I have right now and the balance of trying to kind of hear space is, you know, hand in hand. I want to go out for a walk. I want to go walk in the woods right now. I want to calm down. But, you know, the flows of life force you kind of contained into an apartment in front of your computer all the time. 
And I was just like, you know what? I'm going outside with my recording equipment and I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to exercise. And that's like one thing that I ended up doing. So I can tell you straight up, you know, this experience that I'm feeling right now mirrors a, a, a feeling that I had in my past, right? Basically, you know, about five, ten, about 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago, uh, I was, I was in graduate school and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was living in Boston. I was figuring, trying to figure out like a second year dating. I was in the second year of dating my now wife and we've been together for 12 years at this point total. And basically I was trying to figure out what to do. She was finishing up school. I was working a job and didn't know if we were going to move to New York or California or wherever we were going to go to, you know, living in Boston. My mom and dad, uh, or my, my stepdad and my mom visit me in Boston one weekend. And it was like probably the most exciting thing in my mom's mom and stepdad's life in the sense that they were having a hard time for a lot of years financially, not able to go out and travel or do anything. It was just work, 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 fear of money, you know, that sort of thing, getting stuck in a rut, not doing anything. And then all of a sudden they're getting on a plane and they're visiting, you know, vi visiting their family in a new place they never thought they would be in their life, right? Things were kind of starting to begin to work out for my stepdad a little bit financially. And, you know, I my kind of my, my one memory that I have of that experience was staring in front of them at a bar and having a drink and they never drank before. And it was sort of just like sharing this beer in this time and looking at them and being like, you know, something's not right. You know, something is off here. This is a beautiful experience. I never, I never had these beautiful experiences growing up. You know, I felt like something that I fight against where I, you know, I, I'm, I open up now to try to have them right. Like it's like the, like the work ethic in me is ingrained from them from the fear of survival. Right. And just kind of sitting there and watching it and looking like something's wrong. You know, you could kind of see skin tone. You could see eyes you know my stepdad's eyes were not right um my mom's skin looked thin and brittle like paper and you know sitting there having that beer and you know about a month or two later you know it was at the same time you know like week one mom had cancer week two uh stepdad divulged to me that he was struggling with really high elevated uncontrollable blood sugar levels you know, like around 650, 700 blood glucose level and stuff. And it was one of those things like, man, I need to get the hell out of here and go back, go back to Houston. And that ended up, ended up having me down a road of, okay, well, what am I going to do in Houston? Bumped around, worked some art handling jobs for a bit. And at some point my dad got back into the picture who my mom and my dad were in a strange relationship for a chunk of years, you know, not divorced, but not, you know, that type of thing. He needed help with a client and he needed me back in and he didn't know yet that mom had cancer and he didn't know what was about to come, that my stepdad was about to die. I ended up having to go back in. The, I ended up feeling obligated to go back into the family construction business for a chunk of years. Around 2008, <laughs> when the construction industry was completely decimated in the financial crisis, it was one of the greatest learning experiences of my life it taught me what I didn't want to be in that sense. You know, I think you end up looking at your family and you look at, you look at your family and you want to figure out what you want to be in your life. Sometimes 
the best teacher that you have is the negative, right? It's sort of like you're looking at like, okay, well, what do I want to be in my life? And then you're looking at somebody that isn't that in every possible way. And for as much as I love my dad, you know, that's my dad. Like every decision, everything, every, every instinct, every intuition, every gut feeling that he had was not the right one for me in the sense that, you know, he's not the father that I want to be because he was trying to struggle and work at this business that never worked. He brought people along that didn't want to go along. He manipulated people into that space and for his kind of own end and his own feelings of ego and success, right? And I don't know, he brought me along on a project that I felt obligated because of, you know, my mom, I was worried about Tom. It was like the, the only opportunity at the time and I felt obligated to take it and I didn't understand why probably I shouldn't have, but I learned through the negative. I learned, through, I learned not what, not what not to have or what not to aspire to from that experience. Mainly, it makes me think of the present day right now. Mainly, the, the business was operating for a chunk of years off of one client that didn't have workable contracts. In, two, in around about 2008, we probably there was a, there was a guy that, you know, imagine this, there's an there's a, there's a entity or partnership that you get involved with that is not going to outline, obviously not going to outline you know, retainer agreements and things like that. And that's exactly what I'm dealing with right now. You know, it's like, okay, well, the definitions of this retainer agreement, how is this contract going to be defined, uh, designed, and digested by the client so we can end up working out an agreement? None of that stuff happened back then. And my dad worked it out before he even showed up. And then it ended up becoming, you know, about six years of my life in terms of 24 hours a day support, um, getting emails and text messages all hour of the night, driving hundreds and hundreds of miles a day between properties and trying to please somebody that was never going to be pleased under the threat of one day, you know, this guy wasn't going to be happy and he basically sued people for a living and then he was going to sue us. Well, one day that came, he ended up getting mad. He ended up suing. Um, I had no real power in the organization, even though I was financially backing it um, in the sense that you know, dad was making the decisions as the, as a patriarch against this other guy who was a patriarch. And then all the other pieces on the chessboard were pawns and bishops and rooks or whatever. I might've been, a, I might've been a, been a knight, you know, that type of thing, you know, a lesser piece, not quite a pawn in this, in that sense, but you know, not one that was ultimately going to be a real decision maker in, in it. And it, I just kind of watched my dad shut down and when I ended up having financial backing, I ended up losing a chunk of money. I ended up losing a chunk of my wife's money, you know, and it leads me to dealing with what happened in about 2015 for me, which was my life completely fell apart and I had to put the pieces all back together. And I think about those transitions and how they happen and what happened with COVID. And I feel like at the end of it, 2020 was 2000 for a lot of people was 2015 for me. And some of the things that I thought about there and thought about this year was in preparation for now, like 2021, 
you know, the great restart, so to speak, in the way that I'm thinking about it and how people are kind of off and running. Design teams are off and running with new teams of new teams and new software knowledge. And, you know, this off and running attitude and this op- op- opportunity, so to speak, feels very much rooted in that past for me. I can say straight up that how I got through that was physically taxing myself and allowing my brain not to race. And that's sort of a problem that I'm dealing with right now, which is I'm stuck in an apartment. Um, I can't, I don't really have space to go out and do anything in the COVID environment. I have to be very contained in every space that I am. I mean, your mouth is like covered when you're out in public every space out people are looking like they're you know circling you know so to speak and that creates a sense of anxiety inside my head i always thought i always think that exercise for me was one of those driving forces that helped me out through these types of times so i feel like when i was feeling that way five years ago i lived around herman park in houston which was basically a big large lush green park you know like central park had pathways crushed granite all the way through it and that's where i would go run and this year I've been relying too much on running and like I was, I was relying too much on this one, one addiction that I had, which is exercise through running. And I ended up going so hard that I ended up hurting my, hurting my feet and my ankles. I ended up having to address and look at the other things that were making me anxious during this time. You know, it's a lot about like relearning new things and being clumsy again, you know, and, and having to pick, pick up something and run with something brand new at the drop of the hat and a new, you know, kind of a new cycle, a new, you know, a new cycle of iteration. And so I kind of evaluated things. I evaluated, you know, my diet, you know, what I was, what I was consuming, you know, sleep, that sort of thing. And I decided two things. One, my, my evening my evening routine of having two beers a night or two glasses of wine a night with my wife needed to go because at the end of it that was probably roughly 500 calories so 500 calories went away right there um you know i ended up cutting out a tremendous amount of meat out of my diet in terms of inflammation and things like that i felt like that that wasn't really good digestively so i ended up moving to eating primarily vegetables and whole grains little meat and try to get get the protein intake through vegetable vegetable nut sources um that sort of thing and three i cut out i cut out caffeine um so i drink tea like lower caffeine instead of drinking coffee so that feedback loop of caffeine ended up getting cut out i ended up decided to do all this around september october and i've been doing it for october november december january so it's just it's four months now and you know that's part of it is ended up working out there's pros and cons with it right so on one level i feel like my way of like talking forward through things is not as sharp without coffee without like a steady drip of coffee all the time but maybe that's perception right maybe i feel like i'm doing good but i'm not doing good like one thing that i think that there's a pro with it is with tea i can be in meetings now like these high level meetings now of being like, did I fuck up? <laughs> Am I fucking up? I need this money. I want this project. You know, like I'm, I'm afraid right now. And it's like, am I hiding my fear right now in terms of that, right? Like cutting coffee out ends up allowing me to be able to breathe better, you know, and not be so, like in front of the skis is the saying, you know, if you're in front of the skis, 
if you're putting your weight in front of the skis, you're going to crash. So I feel like I'm able to kind of be on my heels a little bit. So I'm not so forward leaning in so hard. And then the other thing is I'm exercising, but in a different way. I found, I found jump roping and jump roping ends up being one of these things where there's like a fluidity and a freedom to it that I'm kind of getting obsessed with where it isn't so rhythmic as running impactful on my knees and joints as running, but it ends up having this whole other host of kind of fluidity issues that I feel like that I'm not really good at. Like I have ankle, you know, I have ankle soreness and, you know, my plantar fasciitis from running, like whenever I'm running too much, I'm ending up, you know, impacting those areas and completely straining and stressing those ligaments and things. And it's the type of thing where like just a simple jump rope and sitting in place and going outside for a little bit is like the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. You know, it's hard in the sense that, you know, you end up having to have a degree of rhythm and, and it's something that I'm learning from scratch. Like I've tried getting into it a couple of times and it never sticks, but now I'm forced with it being my thing. It's stationary. I can find a corner in the apartment parking lot here and to just go to town and just focus on just trying to learn the basics and trying to learn the basics of rope rhythm and all of that. And it's, it, and it's hard and it's just something like something as simple as just going outside, doing that hard activity ends up working out all the muscles that you need to work and it ends up working out all your cardiovascular that you need to. And I found that this year. It ends up kind of making me meditate. So it's like, I don't know, I was hoping I could hear some sounds on my phone, but waiting for emails. Like, I don't need to be waiting for emails right now. Um, You know, I've got emails kind of popping up, but mainly I'm in like a holding pattern waiting on what the next steps are. If they've looked at our proposal, I'm looking for email opens and I feel like I'm checking my phone all the time or I'm opening my email all the time and checking and checking and checking and waiting and waiting and waiting, but I'm losing time. So it's nice to kind of take a step back and, you know, work through my anxieties by slowing down a little bit and trying to get some blood to my head and, you know, kind of working out my problems inside my head a little bit. So 2021, what am I going to be doing? I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm, rec- I'm recording a podcast episode for school. Uh, so what I want you guys to do. I want you to communicate with one another and I want you to research through the various formats that it takes or the various formats within the podcasting space. And I want to, I want you to find your format or what you think is a cool format. And within that, I want you to take the storytelling abilities that you already have and know, and I want you to commit it to the design intent of this, of this medium. So in the next couple of pages, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you a degree of various formats. I want you to listen through them. You know, I want you to like listen and hear. I want you to hear what's possible within that space and pick, pick a direction, you know, pick something to go into. doesn't have to be perfect. No, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, this is a process that's iterative. You know, you're, you are, you're learning as you go. You're flying the bullet, you know, Chuck Yeager, uh, fighter pilot uh, quotation, that things are moving so fast in time and the ability that it takes you to go through, listen, listen to yourself, edit yourself, time's already unfolded, and you just have to react in the moment and figure out how you can piece that together over, over episodes and episodes, you know? 
one idea will end up kind of tying into other ideas. An interview will tie into another interview, tie into another interview. And within that, you'll find pieces and sound bites and things that can end up getting put together into a storytelling process. So it's like you have a plan, you have a research plan, an idea, and then you move forward and actually collect. And then from there, you actually are, you know, you're, you're actually put, putting and piecing something together. So in that regard, that is kind of the starting place. It's kind of a research research format with what you already know and how you can move forward fluidly in that environment. So that's the assignment. I'm going to be teaching in Adobe Audition. Um, Adobe Audition, I like using because it ends up linking together all the other pieces that I already use. Other people use Audacity because it's free. You know, again, a DAW to me is a DAW, right? Uh, Audition to me ends up having multi-track capabilities for different 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 options, and I think it's really good for spoken word. Uh, so for that reason, I'm going to teach that. It it's very similar to Audacity in that regard. The concepts are going to be very similar. Concepts are going to be very similar to editing, video editing to audio editing. They're very similar. From there, formats. I'll also talk a little bit about microphones and what microphones are used for, what they're good for. Um, again. You know, you can be utilizing Zoom for this back and forth with, you know, everything has a microphone on it these days. So, again, um, I've got a shotgun microphone set up outside, and I'm kind of recording that way. But you don't need that. You can use your phone. I would record, I record things on my phone all the time. You know, it also helps to have something where you are listening to yourself talk and you're hearing the space around you or you know, that you're recording somebody and you hear the environment so you can kind of make adjustments to things. But again, a phone is a phone. A phone is a good starting point. Um, but I'm going to talk about other mic inputs, how you can end up adapting outward, you know, purchasing path upward, understanding the different mics and what they're good for. Um, that'll be a component of this, as well as uh, tutorials in the software uh, to be able to get up and running, have control within being able to chunk together your clips in the story beats that you have that you're considering or you're thinking about and how that's going to continue the story forward. And also look for inspirations, you know, again, the inspiration list that I'm going to uh, kind of divulge or give you is going to be a good starting point for formats and stuff. Cause there's all sorts of formats, you know, again, people, people like Joe Rogan and stuff and they listen to him or whatever and listen to the interviews and stuff. And he has this like long form format here. There was a sound long form format you know, of two, three hours per podcast, but you know, you don't have to make a three hour podcast and nobody wants to listen to a three hour podcast. <laughs> Condense it, make it simple. You know, at the end of it, if somebody is meandering, like I might be meandering right now, I'm going to be cutting this, you know, so I'm going to be cutting this into uh, small chunks, right? And those small chunks are going to become the pathway forward in this linear narrative. And this is also going to tie into the next assignment, which is going to be uh, web, web storytelling strategies, you know, plus one thinking um, how, you know, this, this audio recording gives information that then can be filled in with photographs and video. It can be filled in with transcripts that can be transcribed through these services, as well as giving plus one, plus one thinking and learning strategies. So the idea being that you might be, a listener, I might be a doer, right? I might need interaction. You might just need to sit back and listen or watch, right? And having mul multiple pathways within a deliverable, so say a web experience or an app or what have you, these storytelling pieces are so important in 
in in business now in terms of um, operations and communicating highly abstract and technical development softwares and technologies and whatnot. They need people like you or me to be able to work and figure out what these things are, simplify, simplify what these things are, and be able to craft a human narrative around them. It's a fascinating time in that regard. You know, they talk about the fear of automation. The more human you are in this environment, the more ability, the more valuable you are. It's really interesting. Anyway, so I'm going to end up getting to it. I'm going to exercise right now because I need to get some exercise in. Uh, I'm standing in the sun, loving it. I feel ready. I feel, I feel amped for 2021. And you're going to hear me fail a bunch. Thank you all for listening to Temper Footnotes. You probably listen to this podcast through one of these platforms. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Live through Alexa, and Podchaser. You can also stream through your phone on popular podcasting apps like Overcast, PocketCast, Castro, and CastBox. If you want to join me for an episode, the virtual door is open. Uh, just contact me via email at hello at tempormag.com or DM me on Instagram. You can find me at StudioWack and at TemporMag. Thank you all for listening.